Kamal. Thank you for joining me on today's session of Kipin and Carrots. How are you? Hi, Anshi. Good, good. How are you? All well. Thank you so much. Uh, so, quick introduction to Kamal before we get on to our subject today. Kamal Granaham has been heading customer success at One Page CRM, but driven by her passion, she has started her own consulting firm called Unify Success. We wish you all the best, Kamal. Yes, thank you very much. Yeah. All right. So uh, for today's session, uh, we really uh, wanted to talk about the key challenges that are there in customer success, uh, but not in general. Uh, more in light of the economic uh, situation that we are seeing today, the way both the customers and the vendors are struggling today. So, what are the key challenges that head of customer success, the leaders, or the CS teams are facing today? If you can highlight any of those, maybe we can explore those deeper. Great, yeah, um, yeah. I think it's very topical at the moment, uh, especially. Um, there's been some challenges there, I suppose, before the economic downturn, um, where I suppose customer success teams are working in reactive mode, and by nature, customer success is proactive. Um, so, customer success uh, managers find themselves getting just bombarded with lots of extra tasks, or maybe. Um, tasks that they shouldn't be involved in, but suddenly they, they have to get involved in because it's all about, you know, the success of the customer and the customer isn't happy. So they're trying to kind of mend and mold those relationships. So I definitely think that's one major problem is uh, firefighting customer success managers and, and heads of customer success. It's all kind of knock on effect of firefighting in their in their current roles um, with with kind of a, an expanding task list um, per se. Right. So CS, as we all have been talking about, has in a way always been fighting, but it's like even worse given that more workload is coming onto them. There are more things proactively that they would want to do. So uh, if I get a bit into reactive and the proactive state, what do you think can make CS teams more proactive? As you pointed out, CS by nature should be a proactive function, but they end up being reactive. So what do you think are the top three things that... Um, can aid team be more proactive? Yeah, uh, that's a very good question, actually. Um, I think having the right processes in place, um, I know from my own experience in customer success, um, you know, sometimes customer success managers are doing different things with, with uh, different customers. So they all have their own portfolio of customers and um, they're maybe not all following the same procedures and there's different processes involved. Um, and I think having one unified, uh, you know, standard operation operating processes is, is one thing that's really important. Uh, creating playbooks as well, and um, you know, I suppose having templates there, um, understanding the reasons why maybe people are churning, maybe low usage is a big one, and one which I think definitely needs to be looked at is the the quiet happy customer. And when I say quiet, I mean quite happy customer, because um, I, I've been in the situation myself where you ring up a customer and you're checking in with them and they say, yeah, everything is all good. And like, that's it. They're, they just want to finish the conversation there. So you need to be able to probe, uh, you know, open up conversation lines of communication, uh, open up the conversations um, and just ask them small questions like, you know, how is how is um, I'll just use my previous company as an example. How is one page CRM working for you? Is all the team using it every day? Um, you know, is it solving the problem that you were looking to solve? Um, and I think finding that out at the beginning with your customer is really important. Like what problem are they looking to solve with your software? Right. 
So, um, yeah, it's a combination of things, really, I think. Wonderful. So uh, I hear you that actually probing the quite happy customers is helpful and you may get a lot of insights from there. So you think, uh, see, voice of customer, uh, the way I read it is good to achieve any time, um, but they're not necessarily organizations have been doing it right so far. So if somebody has to really get the right feedback from the customer or really hear them well, do you have any suggestion exactly when and how they should start that? Start the conversation with getting feedback, yes. being the voice of the customer. Is that it? Um, yeah, I think I think it, it kind of starts with kind of just like um, even feature request feedback. So I found from my own experience that in the software world, people are always looking, you know, oh, I wish you could do this. I wish you could do that. Or, um, you know, are you going to integrate with this application? Or, you know, they, they come up with lots of suggestions by themselves. Sometimes you don't need to actually probe very much to get that kind of natural feedback. But I think what, what needs to be done is the customer needs to feel heard. So when they give you that feedback, rather than saying, oh, no problem, that's, you know, that's not on our roadmap, but I'll pass it over to our engineering team. You kind of need to ask them more questions about it. So make sure, number one, that you fully understand what their feedback is. And number two, is there any workarounds you can suggest to them now to kind of tide them over? Um, number three, make sure you understand their use case, like in more detail, rather than just saying, oh, I want to integrate, I want email templates. You need to understand, okay, so, um, you know, what do you want the email templates to do? What do you want them to look like? Look like? What, variable, what variables do you want to be available? Like, you know, customizing the, the obviously the first name is, is kind of a given one, but do you want to be able to customize the organization details, the organization custom fields? Depending on your software, obviously, you would know the questions to ask. But when the customer does come to you with feedback, you do need to ask questions then. And then they do feel heard. And something we rolled out in OnePage CRM as well was um, a customer feedback program. And so we, we had two different things, actually. We had one, we had a live roadmap that all our customers could view at any point in time and they could comment live. And then also... Um, but internally, we started uh, really analyzing the customer's feedback. And like I just mentioned, asking more questions, understanding more. Um, if I rewind back to kind of my early days in OnePage CRM, you know, when customers gave you the feedback, you were like, oh, yeah, OK, you know, and you did log it, but you didn't know the full extent of what they were looking for. Um, so now you can, uh, once you've kind of the feedback logged, um, you can analyze it easier, group it up based on different features within your software or different um, benefits of your software to the customer. Um, and then sit down with your product team or your CEO or your engineering operations manager, whoever it might be, whoever is responsible for uh, rolling this, you know, new features out, make sure you're able to analyze it. And I think it's Peter Ducker. Um, he's like a famous marketing strategist. He said, you know, what gets measured gets actioned or gets improved. I think it was gets improved. So that was one key thing. So if you're measuring the feedback accurately, you can then say, OK, we have 25 customers this month that would like better email, for example. And then you can break it down into the different areas of better email they're looking for. I really like this one because it's hard and we also face it all the time. And it's it's really hard as a CSM to go back and tell customer, okay, no, this is not on our radar. So the more you yeah. probe, so sometimes customer themselves may realize that, you know, maybe what they're asking for is not really needed at this point, or maybe you would understand it better to be able to pass on that message. 
I really like this one. This is a good one. So um, yeah. if I go uh, back to uh, the point that you raised around uh, kind of standardizing the processes, uh, having more uh, standard templates and frameworks that CST introduce across uh, customers, maybe wherever applicable essentially. So uh, it does take a while to implement all that, test all that, optimize all that. But given the situation where the teams are today, uh, everybody is talking about uh, self-learning and improvement and educating oneself. Mm -hmm. But then if we use or CS teams use the same this time where they have a lean period, if at all, um, just in case they have had more churn or there's not much action happening, new customers are not coming. If they use that time to uh, build that operations internally, where do you think they should start? Because it's like a big thing. Mm. That's a really, really good point. I think the best thing you need to do to start that, especially if you're maybe you're on a bit of a lull time or a bit of quiet time, is you need to dive into your current customers first. So as in look at all the data you have available about your current customers and um, like do a customer 360 just to get a feel for who your customers are and what problems they have. Um, so like uh, doing a customer 360, this is probably a little bit sidetracked here, but just to mention it while I, I brought it up here is, um, you know, look at kind of the, the interaction they had with your sales team first um, and, you know, how long it took them to on, get onboarded from, you know, maybe on trial uh, to becoming a customer. And um, that would be one important thing. Um, speak with the sales rep if you can directly and, and find out, um, you know, the conversations that was had with that with that uh, customer. And um, then I suppose you need to look at your customer success interaction. So, you know, what, how many, you know, what have you been doing with them? How, how many calls have you had? What has been the outcomes of those calls? I think like in the early days, especially when they're being onboarded and, um, you know, you need to really find out what do, what, what is the customer looking to solve? What problems are they looking to solve with your software? Um, and find out what goals they want to achieve. And I think a good question to ask as well is, you know, where do you want to be six months from now? So depending on kind of the learning curve with your software, um, this could this could vary. Um, but you kind of just want to get a gauge. Like if they want to say, I want to be up and running. I want to be, you know, using it every day. I want it rolled out to my team. I want I want to have increased sales. I want to have um, better processes um, whatever kind of it might be. Um, so that's kind of an, another conversation to have. So you're, look at all your customer success uh, interactions. Um, next, you need to look at your support. So kind of what support queries are coming in? Are they urgent? Are they, um, are they kind of just normal, low, low value? How have they been handled, you know, by the support team even? Uh, again, something that would always be good is to under-promise and over-deliver where you can. So I fall in... Uh, guilty of that in the past of over promising and under delivering and it wasn't sometimes things are outside of your control and that's the reality of being in customer success we can't go in and just code up a quick feature or a little tweak that a customer might like so you know even though you do have great expectations for these features to be delivered on time you know lots of setback, setbacks occur um then i think you need to look at the financial data associated with your customers so like you know what's the customer lifetime value how many months have they been with you what's their usage like um and then you can kind of start you know uh weighting your customers so like you know health scoring um even segmenting them based on different types of customers so 
you know, you could have customers in different industries uh, based on cu customer size. I know I read, I actually read something recently about, um, you know, it doesn't matter the size of the customer. It's all about the relationship and and all of that. But it, it does size, you know, the, the value and the size of your customer does matter to the organization. And it is a way sometimes to help you prioritize, okay, well, I need to look after this, you know, large enterprise customer um, you know, prioritize them on your list over, you know, maybe someone a little somebody that's a little bit um lower down. Um, you know, they're not spending as much with you. It's kind of a lower impact uh, customer. Um, then yeah, the product uh, usage, so the stickiness, are they using your product every day? Um, and then the last one would be kind of your your feedback metrics as well. So especially during times of of quiet, uh, maybe it's a good time to actually reach out to your customers and uh, something that we implemented very easily in OnePage CRM was just customer satisfaction ratings on, let's say, our support um, emails. And even on the back of that, we actually got such good feedback that it was sometimes the basis for a um, a case study because they they said such amazing things like they, you know, some they rated five stars and then they gave the reasons why. And then suddenly it was like you, you rang it was passed over to customer success. You rang them up and a great they had a great story around it. Um, so those little things can be, you know, implemented and rolled out. Um, so, yeah, I would recommend first doing a customer 360. So getting to learn. So there's six, I think, six different areas I mentioned there. So to look at all those six key areas and you'll definitely find things within each one. Um, and then for the processes, you know, kind of start start very basic and, and think of, um, you know, new customer. What do we do? What steps do we follow? Um, you know what templates do we use and i'm a big fan of templates but i'm also a fan of uh, personalization so you know you might use one standard template for um you know trying to maybe get them onto a webinar you're doing you're hosting that you know details all new features you've brought out recently but you know put something personal in there that's specific to that customer you know that they might have mentioned something in the past or um they might have given you great feedback or something like that so while templates are amazing, I'm a big fan, but you do need to uh, personalize them um, as well. Um, and then I think churn, you need to look into the reasons why customers are churning um, because there's more, there's a lot more learning in why customers churn um, over your really happy customers, actually. So um, I think it was Bill Gates, actually. I think I read some article that he he was interviewed for and he said something like, he used to actually go down through all the all the customers that churned and wants to know why. So he would be like, why have they churned? Um, because of that reason, there was a lot more learning uh, to be had. So um, one thing we rolled out in one page CRM was um, the main market there was actually small to medium sized enterprises. But it was um, we would ring up customers after they canceled and we would ring them up for two reasons so one when they went to cancel they had a, a feedback survey they completed and we noticed actually when we put a, a personal picture on that feedback survey people were more inclined to complete it so that was one thing that again that personalization it comes back to um but the, sometimes people didn't give you actual feedback uh, on that survey which was fine and um, so you'd ring them up and just say you know sorry to see you've downgraded and, and you know what can i ask what was the reason and um we just say sometimes just even one line so then they they know that they're not going to be interrogated um but it would open up the conversation um and the second thing was sometimes people cancelled but they had a genuine reason and they often gave you that genuine reason in the in the feedback survey but we would just call them up and say you know thank you for that feedback and we're so happy that 
you know, that you really loved, uh, let's say our action stream or, you know, our pipe, our pipeline. Um, you know, and, and more often than not, they would say, you know, I, you know, maybe they had to, maybe they outgrew the system or maybe in some cases their, their companies will be closing down. There was lots of reasons, um, but they would say, I will recommend you to a friend. And I think that's, that's what you want. Or, or they say like things like, um, uh, what was the other thing they would say? Uh, I'd recommend you to a friend or, oh yeah, I'll, I'll come back. If things change, I'll be back. And, and they did come back. And that was what was, you know, um, really great to see. And because we were asking those questions and interacting with them, we were able to get this feedback. Um, so yeah, that's what I would recommend doing in, in quiet times. So doing your customer 360, looking into the reasons why people churn, create a playbook on, on churn or um, low usage, um, segment your customers as well, start really looking into them. Um, and, you know, you should know, know a lot more about these customers. Oh, and one last thing, actually, um, social media, connect with them on social media. So like on if you're a LinkedIn user or Twitter, for example, you know, follow their business page and, you know, see what see what your customer is doing, because that's always a really good conversation starter. You know, oh, I see you've got funding recently or I see you organized a charity day or whatever it might be. And that sometimes opens up uh, the lines of communication as well. And it all adds to better, better relationship building. And the most interesting thing I like here, even the churn customer can be your advocates. It's hard yes. to yeah. uh, believe it's, it's it's not very common to hear, but then it, it's wonderful to hear from you. Yeah, but, definitely. So uh, what I actually hear uh, in all this conversation is that taking feedback from customers, talking to them, listening to them is very meaningful and impactful and it can help you set up your processes it can help you get referrals it can help you improve your product it can help you in lot many ways but uh, again uh, bringing back to the scenario where we are today because obviously certain organizations are a little uncertain on what they do if a renewal is upcoming uh, then they are really uncertain uh, what do they do and customers start to ghost you so uh, while we are willing to talk to them, we are willing to engage with them, CSMs and leaders, everybody is trying to work around the situation with everybody. But what is it, what do you recommend is the best way to get in touch with customers, talk to them and hear them well in, in such scenarios? So if your customer is ghosting you or they're, they're not interacting, how do you kind of kickstart that relationship? Is right. it or a conversation even? Right. Yeah, that's a good question. So Again, it comes back to kind of knowing your customer and having kind of some way to a gateway in there. So like if, for example, you maybe brought out a new feature or um, you're, you're maybe hosting a webinar, you know, with the, an industry partner or an industry leader and you're thinking, oh, OK, you know, they might be interested in this. But think of why they might be interested in it. So I think when you reach out. I'm always a big believer in picking up the phone first. It's very easy to actually ignore emails and we all do it. But when you pick up the phone and you um, initiate that conversation. So, you know, just pick up the phone to say, you know, um, hi, Anshi, um, you know, it's Carmel from, from Unify Success. Um, how are you? And even if they are busy or even if they don't answer, um, you know, you can always say, oh, oh, are you free on Friday or are you free on Monday at three or whatever, you know, time you had suggested. But I think you need to show them the value of why you want to talk to them or don't just say, I want to check in to see how things are going. You need to give them a reason. So I want to invite you to this webinar. Uh, I think you'll find it of benefit because 
you know, we're talking to um, email marketing platform providers, MailChimp, and they're going to show you the top 10 reasons why, you know, uh, subject lines are the key to, to best open rates or better open rates or whatever it might be. Um, yeah, it is difficult if they're ghosting you. I think as well, you need to look at their usage and see if their usage has suddenly dropped. Um, and then look at the usage of the overall account, depending on kind of your, your model. Um, so like, even if, if it is something like that, that they have suddenly dropped from like 20 users to one, you need to, you need to get that head on. You need to, uh, you know, like actually in that email, so they didn't answer your call. My first protocol would be call them. And they say you should, I know for sales, I think it's up to, I think it's 12 times, 12 attempts, but that's maybe for cold sales, but maybe at least three times, call them maybe, um, you know, every second or third day, three times in a row, and then send your follow-up email. And, um, but be very clear and specific on what the reason for your call is, or the, the value that you're trying to um, give to them. Or even as well, you know, personalized videos, you know, using Loom, um, I know we use Snagit in my previous company as well. Um, you know, show them something of value. Um, and that's one way that, that they could perk up. I know I've, I've heard as well of cost or companies um, like sending sending products, sending um, uh, swag, you know, send them a mug. And just even that's a good way of saying, you know, I, I was just getting in touch to get your postal address. I wanted to send you this. Now, obviously, you wouldn't do that if they're leaving you. Although at the same time, you could because. Um, you want to leave a good taste in their mouth. But yeah, so my advice really is pick up the phone first. Um, and then the second would be make sure you lead with the value on why you're reaching out to them. Wonderful. Wonderful. So uh, we talked about a whole lot of things, how you have to take feedback from your customers and how the teams might be uh, uh, too occupied at this time and alternatively, uh, on the contrary, rather, a few times might have a lean period so they can use it to build their processes and templates and everything. Uh, if uh, I ask you, what is one key advice or last advice that you would want to give to CS leaders and the CS teams today that they can go by in today's time so that they that helps them retain their customers? I think the, the best piece of advice is get to know your customer. I think that's so important. And I was speaking with um, one of my customers recently and they took over, you know, a portfolio of accounts and they didn't actually use that time to ring up the person and say, you know, hi, I'm, let's say, John, um, you know, I'm, I'm your new customer success manager. You know, I have a, a quick few questions for you just to understand your um, and just understand more about you. And the reason when I asked them why they didn't do that, they said that would look bad because I'm taking over. You know, they've already been a customer of ours for a long time. But you can kind of keep it very lighthearted. I did lots of these calls in my previous job where there were already customers for a couple of years. I'd already been their customer success manager and I would still call them up and say, or oh, doing a quick bit of research. Do you mind if I ask you just three questions? It's only, you know, five minutes of your time and set the expectation at the beginning. So I think that's the most important thing is to get to know your customer because then you're number one, you're forming the relationship and then you know what your customer expects and what what they want from you, what they're looking for. Um, so yeah, that's that's what I would say is, is the best, best thing this you can so do. This is so valuable because this I hear all the time. Uh, the CSMs always feel like they have to already know the customer, but then perhaps mm -hmm. not asking them. So it's so valuable. Wonderful, Kamal. It's wonderful talking to you today and I'm sure we'll catch up some other time, some other subject. 
So yeah, definitely. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts. Yeah. And thank you so much for, for having me on. And yeah, I look forward to chatting again in the future, hopefully. Absolutely. Thank you so much. All the best. <laughs>